Hello, everybody. This is Here Comes the Spidercast number nine. This is your co-host, Mike L. And as always, I'm joined by... Josh. And today, we are going to be reading the Spider-Man comics from March 1981. That'll be Amazing Spider-Man 214. Right. Marvel Team-Up 103 and Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 52. Yeah. Right. All right. So we're going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man 214. Right. Um, did you want to st- start off with that one? Yeah. So we we pick up where we left off last issue with uh, Peter Parker saving this guy that's on the like asleep on the roof of a burning building, his apartment building to be exact. Um, so he saves the the guy, and <laughs> uh, because his building burned down, he's got to move to a hotel room for a little while. So everybody's insurance is kind of paying for that. And he runs into the really attractive woman that's living down the hall. The one he kind of right. uh, blew Deb off for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, as he's swinging around the city as Spider-Man, he runs into Submariner. And they start fighting because it turns <laughs> out that Submariner <laughs> is after the woman who, who Peter Parker is attracted to. And... Uh, we later learned that she's the true villain that's been um, messing with Rikers Island and uh, freeing all of these villains. Right. So that's pretty much the gist of what happens in this comic. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Like I, I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't really have any like major problems with it. The story, sure. the story, like wasn't groundbreaking or changed too much. Uh, We have Denny O'Neill again writing this one and art by John Romita Jr. and inked by Jim Mooney again. So the the art is once again fantastic. I don't have any Mm -hmm. complaints there. But uh, yeah, what did you think? What were your impressions? Uh, Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like I keep notes, but I didn't really have much to say about this issue. Right. I thought it was, um, you know, it was kind of, funny how they kept um they get the bad guy slash bad girl in shadow even though no one else was in shadow mm-hmm. right and there's nothing there to keep them in shadow but whatever we'll just completely darken them out anyway it's okay it's good fun right mm-hmm. um and it's also the, the second time we've seen submariner in uh, just a few issues so that's kind of interesting um i didn't uh, i mean as far as peter parker being a dick he was a little bit of a dick Um, you know, I mean, not really, but I mean, watching the movie with her again, it's just like, Hey, would you want Debbie Whitman to see you doing this? Probably not, you know, nothing too bad this issue. But, um, yeah, other than that, pretty standard, you know, not much to say about it. It's nice to see all these, uh, these villains, uh, teamed up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But other than that, a pretty standard issue. Um, I will say, I, I think that this kind of twist with Lyra Mm would have been more of a twist if, they showed her face in the previous comic. Well, because yeah. If you look at Lyra yeah. and you look at uh, the the girl next door, they don't really look anything alike. It, no. It, it, like if you put them side by side, they're they're very different. Um, Lyra is like all green. She's got this green like spiky hair and it's short. She has these uh-huh. like Spock eyebrows. The the woman next door, like she has long brown hair. Um she's got like light green eyes i guess so that could have been like a fun hint at it but her Uh eyebrows are normal she kind of just looks like a normal girl i don't think that 
you would have necessarily put the two and two together. No, so I not think at that all. kind of uh, realization, like, oh my goodness, this this villain, she's really the girl from next door. That would have had a much better payoff if we had mm-hmm. seen her face the entire time, because it's revealed who she is, and she kind of steps out of the shadows at the exact same time as they say, "That's the girl from next door." Oh my god, and yeah, right. it doesn't have a really good payoff for me. No, not planned really properly. I don't think mm-hmm. really like really planned ahead properly. Right. And it, it would also be different, too, if we'd seen this villain before. But this is the first introduction right. of this villain. So keeping her in shadow really doesn't add anything. No, good we're, point. We're not shocked seeing the reveal. No. You know, that's the thing about twists is, uh, to me, even in a, in a comic where you have a shared universe, the twists have to come out of the story itself. Like, there's nothing cheaper in a Marvel comic than revealing that you know the bad guy all along was Doctor Doom or right. something, where unless you set up Doctor Doom in previous stories, it just makes no sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So kind of a cheap twist, right? Yeah, there, there. It's like, it's it's kind of like, not even really a twist because we're left in the in the dark anyways, right? It, yeah, if, a twist would be if they're trying to lead us in one direction while still giving us clues for the real, you know, villain behind good, everything. Yeah, that's good a good point. That makes a good twist. But if if you're if you're telling the audience it's this person, it's this person, and then at the end, nope, it's a different person. That really kind of isn't a twist. You didn't show us anything to um, make us believe otherwise, right? You you just kind of covered our eyes and led us in a direction and then surprised right. us that it wasn't the direction you were telling us. Speaking of twists like that, what did you think about the twist in Fight Club? <laughs> Do you remember Fight yeah, Club? Yeah, yeah, I, I Like, I thought it was, a, it was a really good twist. See, I didn't like it at all because it's not like when I was watching it, there was... Ab- there was I mean, obviously, when you go back and watch it, you go, okay, I see right. now why that was happening. But there wasn't really any hints that it was coming. And when it and when it happened, it didn't feel like... like It's not like the end of Sixth Sense where it was like, oh, my God. It was just right. more like, oh, really? That's the twist? Oh, okay, I guess. Okay. That's how I felt. Yeah, anyway. That, that's fair. I, I, I think whether you thought that twist worked or not, at least there was hints along the way. And mm-hmm. they, they were definitely leading you in one direction, but throughout the entire thing, they were they were dropping these subliminal messages that kind of led to the end of the movie. Sure. With, with, with that twist. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, though, that it is something that you have to you would have to go back and watch to get all the clues. Uh huh. So. But anyway, kind of an average issue of Spidey by Danny mm-hmm. O'Neill and John Romita and uh, Jim Mooney. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the art gives it that classic feel, and it's nice to see all these classic villains. Right. But other than that, not a remarkable story, really. Right. Um, yeah, there there were some there were some fun shots, uh, like uh, some fun panels too. Um, particularly on digital page nineteen, there's this middle panel. I mean, th- this whole scene with with. Uh, Parker fighting Namor isn't anything yeah. spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that really stands out, but like 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 story wise, they're kind of just sure. punching each other again. But I really love the art on this page. With uh, after he's kind of escaping the net, he kind of punches Spider Man, and he's on the ground in the next panel. And then this middle panel where Spider Man is like 
stretching out for a full-on punch and he's punching right. him right in the gut he's like bending around his fist yes and then uh in the panel after that you have him punching up and doing like a, this uppercut and he's punching so hard that his fist is actually outside of the panel that's a good point it's, yeah it's, it's yeah. really fun like i i again there's nothing really fun that happens in this fight but mm. i think that the visuals of it are just stunning yeah really, really yeah that's great. true yep and as usual like uh you know john romita jr one of his specialties is giving characters like real weight right like mm -hmm. they really feel like they have mass to them and you can see that with uh especially in this fist fight you're right that's a good point mm -hmm. um and again and again john or sorry jim mooney on inks giving it that silver age feel that yes. i really like and uh, particularly know, on digital 21 that there's a uh, panel right at the bottom right uh namor has got spider-man by his collar and he's mm -hmm. it's like this really dramatic shadow spider-man's colors are almost inverted completely where yeah. his costume is black and the lines are red and it's just to show that he's kind of casting this shadow as namor's holding him up i think it's just right yeah there's some really great stuff Yes. So an average issue of Spidey, yeah. um, it's fun, but not great. Yeah. Now, fun cliffhanger too. Right. Yep. Exactly. Now that brings us to Marvel team up number 103 featuring Spider-Man and Ant-Man. Right. And on the cover, we've got Taskmaster, uh, Taskmaster about to step on Ant-Man. So that's right. always fun. But um, I have to point out, this is the same Ant-Man that's featured in the movies. This is um, Scott, Lang. Scott Lang. Right. Right. Um, so at this point, Henry Pym, I believe, had become Yellow Jacket at this point, or he might have okay. even been retired. I'm not sure. But yeah, he's definitely replaced as Ant-Man. And so uh, this issue was written by David Michelinie, who I don't remember if we've covered so far yet. I don't on, think so. Here comes the Spider-Cast. He is most famous for his long, his two long runs on Iron Man. He wrote the um, Demon in a Bottle, that era. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, and he also wrote uh, the Armor Wars, or Stark Wars, as it was originally called. So so he's done some really great Iron Man runs then. Yes, but he also did a really long run on Spider-Man. Okay. Um, yeah, he actually started, I think, on Web, or he might have started here, I guess. Then he did Web, and then he started on Amazing around the time of the marriage proposal. Okay. And then he, yeah, he, he, he wrote all the Todd McFarlane issues, all the Eric Larson issues, unfortunately, all the Mark Bagley issues. Um, but I think he went right into the, um, the clone saga as far as I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, he's definitely, uh, again, like Roger Stern, he's not an innovative writer, but he's a really good genre writer of like superheroes. Like his Iron Man stuff is great. His Spider-Man stuff is great. And, you know, since I've read so many of his comics, for me, you know, his Iron Man and his Spider-Man are some of the definitive runs, right? Right. Like, his characterization of those those characters is what I think of when I think of those characters, so. Yeah, so, yeah that's, he's, he's, that's great. And I hope, you know what, uh, if, if this issue has any indication of what he's going to be like writing Spider-Man, I hope he stays on Marvel Team Up for a little while. Yeah, me because too. Because the, the past few issues have been uh they've been rough. a little rough to get through and this one is definitely my favorite marvel team up we've read so far yeah i, I loved you know, it yeah you know what i i think you're right i think it feels 
yeah like it feels right everything mm -hmm. fits together like you know the even the characterization of uh scott lang and his friend at the beginning right you know it just feels like the real people you know with real problems you know and, and it it also feels like this could be a scott lang or a spider-man story it, yeah it really a, really does feel like a team-up for once that is a good point i noticed the same thing mm -hmm. yep it's not Spider-Man kind of making a cameo in somebody else's story. It really, yeah, feels like a, a strong comic book story. And I, I had so much fun mm -hmm. with this one. So, yeah. yeah. So, basically, so Scott Lang uh, has a buddy come over and sort of offer to, uh, you know, to do one more job type thing. But he sort of turns him down. And then um, when this guy leaves his house, he gets hit by a car. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean it, we shouldn't laugh. But. Right. It, 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 somebody, somebody chases him down with their car and purposely right. runs him over. Right. right. So it wasn't like he wasn't looking where he was going. He was hit. Somebody mm -hmm. was like chasing him with a car and, and ran him down. Right. Right. Yeah. So then. Um, it, it does feel very like random though. Yeah. 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 It does. It's a little bit weird, but so then we um we uh, jump over to Spidey and um so what's happening here? He's investigating. So he uh, I think JJ uh JJJ is <laughs> yeah. uh talking about the murder and he, that's right. when Parker starts to investigate as Spider-Man. So that's that's kind of um Peter Parker's way into the story was um there's really no answer to what happened. So Peter Parker decides to don the Spider-Man costume and look for answers himself. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a nice way to bring him into the story. Um, it gets a little bit outlandish um, once he gets into this. Uh, it looks like sort of, I guess, like a warehouse on mm -hmm. the outside. But once he gets inside, uh, he encounters the Taskmaster. Right. Who is sort of, I guess, you know, it's safe to say this is Marvel's version of Deathstroke. And yeah. I, I, I can actually say that because George Perez created both of them and he uh, used almost exactly the same color scheme for each right. character. Yeah. So they're kind of in this arena mm -hmm. um, with like, I don't know, I guess it's hundreds of thousands of people watching and they're having this fight. And I guess Taskmaster's thing is that he's able to know everybody's, you know, abilities and weaknesses, right? And kind of be one step ahead. Right. And I actually love that about this character. I think Taskmaster is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. um, even kind of the gear that he's got, he it, it really shows that he's battled a bunch of different heroes and he's learned from them. So when he right. does face Spider-Man, uh, it, it feels like it's like an even match where a lot of other villains, they kind of just stroll up and, you know, start fighting. He kind of has a reason to, to hold his own against him. Sure. He's got a, a Captain America shield and he's able to kind of use his reflexes and uh, agility to, to throw the shield like Cap does. He's got a, a bow like Hawkeye. He's got guns like probably like Punisher or something. He's got Daredevil staff that he uses. Mm -hmm. And he, he ends up using a lot of these different weapons against Spider-Man and uh, Ant-Man in this issue. And it really goes to show that he kind of is a jack of all trades and uses his different abilities and skills that he's taken from these other heroes against Spidey. And I think it, yeah, I, I really like him, especially in now, this, this issue. Am I wrong or was Taskmaster in one of the Captain America movies? No, he was not, but okay. Crossbones was. Crossbones, right. right. Okay, Taskmaster okay. will be in the new Black Widow movie, though. Right, he, he is supposed to be the the new villain. I really hope they keep his. I know, I know they're not going to do the skull face, but at least I keep think his they costume. Are. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think it, I think it's more of like a robotic kind of skull face that they're they're okay. doing from from the concept art that's leaked. So I, I really do hope that they kind of keep that because he is a really fun looking character. Right. Very unique looking. Yeah. yeah. So then Scott Lang sneaks in with these. He basically sneaks in with an, uh, another group of guys that are going into this place. Right. Mm hmm. And uh, he ends up turning into Ant-Man and rescuing Spider-Man. And then there's actually a panel here that you posted. Right. That you tweeted out. Do you want to read that dialogue there? <laughs> right. So once uh, once Ant-Man and Spider-Man start teaming up, Spider-Man's kind of got this last goon and he's holding him up by the cuff of his shirt. And Spidey, Spidey says, oh, tell me, Ant-Man, what would happen if you were to shrink down, crawl up someone's nose, and then enlarge to full size? Mm -hmm. And Ant-Man says, gee, Spidey, I don't know, but I guess I could find out. And it's just so funny because yeah. uh, that was a huge meme for a while, too, with uh, with Endgame and Infinity War. Right. Where they were about, about how the movie could have ended, right? Right. How... how it could have been really quick if Ant-Man just shrunk down and went inside of Thanos and just expanded. Mm. So I thought that was uh, that was really funny. So and I had never, I didn't really realize that that probably started as somebody who was a fan of the comics and reading something like this, making that joke online, and it kind of spread, right? Well, obviously the director and the writer didn't see this issue, right? They right. Of it. Yeah, yeah that, I, I think that actually would have been really funny to reference even in the movie. Like that could have been a you know, funny joke. Even just to try it, like why it would have been a funny gag <laughs> yeah. to be like, no, this is the plan. This is the plan. And then even if the plan doesn't work out, it would have been funny just to show that they thought of it. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. So um, I don't remember what is the what, what is the uh, the um, the the scheme of the Taskmaster here, and what are they doing? I don't even remember. I just read this like a week ago. Right. I don't even remember. No one remembers. I don't remember. <laughs> I, okay, I I will say too. I actually did, I haven't read this issue in two weeks because oh, I accidentally read this issue last week because oh. I thought we were on. Um, right. I thought we were on Marvel team up number 52, but we were actually on 51. So I had to oh. go back and read again. So I actually haven't read this in two weeks. Well, a real dedicated reviewer would have read it a second time. I should. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, let me just, okay. Uh, the fans are going to love, our, our 23 fans are going to love us for this, but we can't remember what they're doing. <laughs> we can't remember why they're there, but let's just skip ahead to the ending here. Um, so basically they have another, it's more fisticuffs, more fighting. And then Taskmaster, they're fighting on this roof here. And mm -hmm. basically they actually do something. I'm glad they did. You know, this is another thing that was used in the movies is Scott Lang realizes, you know, he knows my powers, he knows my weaknesses, but I'm going to, so I'm going to have to use my powers in a way that he could never think of. So he ends up enlarging an ant, right? which they do in the movies. But I, ne I don't think I ever remember them. Uh, doing that in the comics because it's smart, right? Like mm -hmm. use your powers in a creative way. So that's how they end up defeating him. Right. And I think that they like they use this specifically for, for Scott Lang too because um, he, he says in this issue, Taskmaster thinks that he knows how I'm going to act because I'm dressed as Ant-Man, but I am not Hank Pym. He knows how right. Hank okay. Pym fights. So I've got to fight in my own way. So I thought Good that point. that was really clever too that, that it was uh, his way of fighting, and then they use that in the movie as well to kind of be a trait of his. It's right. pretty fun. It's smart. Yeah, yeah. it's smart. And um, so basically, that's it. That's how they end up defeating Taskmaster. Uh, he, but he does 
what he gets away by oh, what does he do i don't even know he how does he like gets a, away like a flashbang kind of thing right i believe he does yeah, this and like he... ex- I, there's something on his belt that makes like a bright light appear in their eyes and right, right. puff of smoke and then he's off in his ship uh-huh and then he just gets away and then it's cool because then uh, spidey and ant-man are hanging out on the roof and you know um and then <laughs> And then he's like, and then he's talking about the ant, and he's like, wait, oh my gosh, I, I forgot to shrink Purdy back to normal. Purdy, wait, come to Papa, Purdy. And <laughs> the ant's like crawling over the edge of the building. And then right. Spider-Man thinks in a, th- a thought bubble, you know, I think this new Ant-Man is going to make one heck of a superhero someday. Yeah. I love it. You know, yeah, it's great. it's, very it's just, good. It, yeah, it's it like does, cheesy, but it's great. It doesn't seem as abrupt, too. Like, it kind of has a, a nice finish. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, like, they let you down easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, then, so good. Oh, this is gonna say, and then next issue. Just so you know, it's the Hulk and Kazar, no Spidey again. Right. But anyway, so yeah, de- definitely good issue. Like you said, this has that classic Spider-Man feel, right? Right. And it's good. It's good because, as we know, um, David Michelinie will be joining uh, the cast of regular writers at some point. I don't know if he's gonna be around for Marvel Team Up yet, and we don't like to go to you know to cheat and check Jump next ahead, month right. so we have no idea this is a mist this is like reading these spider-man comics for the first time right right so yeah good issue recommended classic superhero fun right mm-hmm. okay so now we'll go to spectacular spider-man 52 do you want to take it from here sure so uh we actually get uh a little bit of payoff to this white tiger backstory uh right back issue story that we, we've been backup story that we've been right I, I i you think that after weeks of us talking about the backup story <laughs> i'd be able to remember that it's called a backup story but no <laughs> but understandable no it's fine i'll forgive you but uh yeah we see so we see spider-man kind of going through and helping out white tiger after he's been shot and recovering in the hospital so he goes mm. and fights off uh gideon mace and kind right. of you know, ends that story. That's pretty much what happens throughout the, this this issue. Is yeah, he he tracks him down and faces him one on one and right uh, resolves that story. And then at the end of the issue, we have uh, White Tiger making a complete recovery, and he decides to uh, leave behind the necklace that gives him his yes. powers and uh, go on an adventure by himself. <laughs> yes. So yes. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought this was a pretty solid story. Like I didn't hate it. I wasn't really bored throughout it. Mm-hmm. But not not as so far. This we'll call. I don't know if this is the second run, like the second storyline of Spectacular by by uh, Roger Stern, but not as good as the first yeah. storyline. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is I should point out this issue is drawn by Rick Leonardi. Are you familiar with Rick Leonardi? No, actually. Oh boy, because he is one of my favorite '80s artists. Okay. Now, this issue, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, it's inked by Jim Mooney, so he gives it sort of a cohesion with the art, um, and amazing because mm-hmm. it's, it's the same inker. But he's so overpowering that there's no way to really tell. Like Rick Leonardi at this point, his it's hard to explain his art, but um, it was like it was like as dynamic as Todd McFarlane's, but it was his anatomy was in my opinion, flawless. Like mm-hmm. he just had a really nice style and um, he ended up doing spectacular for a while. I think I could be wrong, 
But on and off, he just did random issues of Spider-Man. I think his only regular run around this time was... Um, was it Cloak and Dagger? Maybe. Okay. And and then he ended up doing, uh, starting Spider-Man 2099 with Peter David. Ooh. Yeah. Have you read that? Yeah. Okay. So that was him. That was Rick Leonardo. Okay. Yeah. He also did a couple issues of Daredevil with Ann Nocenti. Um, so yeah, one of my favorite artists. I really like his style. And again, there's almost no way to, to know that this is him. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see that he's already, you know, doing Spider-Man this early in the decade. Right. So that's good. A sign of a good sign of things to come. So yeah, this issue again, not much to say about it. It's funny because you know we talk a lot about the balance between um, you know t- uh, text and art, and um, and this issue I found it really wordy. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't didn't zip along like it didn't pull me in really you know right i i think that um the 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 dialogue for the most part worked for me in this issue Mm. um i i think it was it maybe been it maybe could have been because it wasn't too goofy like it didn't have a lot of the um like lighthearted, like jokey parts that a lot of the the spider-man issues we've been reading have right um it is definitely kind of rooted in reality a little bit more and a little bit more of a serious tone. So I think where there was heavy dialogue, it, I don't know. It it wasn't like it was just goofy in there for dialogue sake. It there, they were talking and, you know, moving the story further. So, well, I do think that one thing I've noticed with Roger Stern's scripts compared to the other ones, mm-hmm. like Denny O'Neill's and even David McElhinney's, is that it's definitely more rooted in like, you know, uh, gang wars, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, yeah. and like poli- police officers. And it's definitely more realistic. Right. It, it kind of gives him a little bit more of a detective feel when he's going exactly. through the story. Which I, right. I, I do kind of like. I don't I don't think I would be happy if Peter Parker was doing that every single issue but i think every once in a while giving him uh time to uh show his strength as peter parker and his wit and his um you know intelligence i think that's really a really cool dynamic to spin in with the strength and agility of spider-man yeah i agree i agree and you know a lot of like I'll just say that when he uh, moves over to Amazing Spider-Man, there's a lot of this vibe there as well. And that's, you know, that's the Spider-Man that I read when I was a kid and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to get better. So Right. So, uh, yeah. I think... Oh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think, like, some, like, for example, I think in other comics, I, I don't know if this would have added anything to the story. But in this issue, because they were going for more of a serious detective kind of tone, um, right. they have a little spot where they're destroying the car because they're trying to get rid of evidence and i think um like that little like deep like that little bit of detail where they these are serious villains and kind of um you know rooted in 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 reality a little bit more there it's not really played off as a goof where a lot of times i think that they would have kind of taken this opportunity to have the two goons kind of goofing off or saying a joke. Sure. Where in this one, that, they're they're doing something a little bit more serious. Like we need to get rid of the car. Yeah, it's a shame we can't keep it, but we can't chance mm-hmm. uh, even you know the, we can't give the slightest chance of uh, Spider Man finding out who we really are. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that whereas Denny O'Neill scripts seem to be sort of on autopilot, mm-hmm. it seems like Roger Stern is really thinking things through as right. he's going along of what people would do logically, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it takes it in unexpected directions and the people act like real people, mm-hmm. which is always appreciated. Especially in a in a fantasy story, it's always good to have people behave logically, right? Like psychologically. Right. Logical. But anyway, so... I think, yeah, definitely a good issue. But of the three, I'd probably pick the Marvel team-up as the best one this yeah. month. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. So, David Michelinie, yeah. Um, let's hope that he's back soon. I hope so, too. Yeah. Uh, before um, we before we move on or, or you know finish off the episode, I want to point out probably my favorite page uh, of the three issues. It's sure. pa- digital page 14. Of this one, of this issue, yes. Okay, it it is so. I I really think that it's clever how the panels are laid out. Uh, at the middle of the the page, we have Spider Man jumping off of a telephone pole. Yes, and then that's a really good. Panel. The next panel, you see him landing on the ground, but the telephone pole in the first panel and the second <sighs> panel are actually connected, and it's the same telephone pole. I did not notice it's that. That's absolutely great. amazing. Like yeah. it's 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 so clever. Um, even even the the line work of him spinning around, mm-hmm. you can you can see in the second panel the lines are pointing towards where he was in the other one. So it it, it oh, really okay. has like your your eyes kind of follow the path yes. without having like the classic like multiple spider-mans on the same panel showing mm-hmm. he like how he's moving around he was able to separate into two panels and just have two images of spider-man doing a flip and with the line work in the panel layout you can follow that line of action and see exactly what happened and i just absolutely love this page well and also you know an amateur artist would have uh, made it go in any direction, but he knows exactly where to lead your eye because that's where the story is going, right? right? Like that's where you want the viewer to, or the reader to go. So yeah, that's a great panel. I didn't even notice that mm-hmm. those two panels together. Yeah. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. Actually, I do want to point out the art in Marvel team up this month was not my favorite. It's yeah. Jerry Bing- Bingham again. And it's kind of got that. I mean, you know, the opening splash page is good, but it's got that, it's kind of like, I think he's sort of a Neil Adams clone, but there's just panels like when the guy gets hit by the car, you can just see that yeah. he's not really like it's almost like when he's in for close-ups, he's good at drawing faces and stuff, but he just doesn't know how to draw dynamic action mm-hmm. really well, you know? Like he doesn't know where to put characters in the panel and I don't know. I mean, he's a decent artist, but he's just never been my favorite, you know? Yeah. I, I think the inking in the Marvel team up issue is really good. I think it was Mike Esposito. Oh, let me go back yeah, to that one. It does help. Yeah, it yeah. does help. Yeah, it's Mike Esposito. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think that the, the inking is really well done. So I think it balances out and they I, I think that for the most part they end up working together pretty well mm. with uh with his style of art and then the way he, uh Mike Esposito inks. So Right, right. I think it's a case where superficially it looks fine, but underneath there's weaknesses like whereas i think right. rick leonardi's an excellent uh artist uh, with with layouts and as we just saw with the panels and everything and obviously john romita's a great artist mm-hmm. so he's just not as good a comic artist as those two right um but anyway yeah so in this month uh marvel team up was 
both of our favorite issues. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, mean, I even hope the cover that Roger too. Stern. Yeah, it's a great cover. Yeah. It's very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that Roger Stern's next storyline is better. I have read some of the issues coming up, and I know they're really good. Okay, so I'm looking great. forward to those. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So um, uh, as people probably know by now, we are available on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, it makes it easier for everyone to listen to us. So um, yeah, you can take it from here. Sure. Yeah. So I guess uh, if you want to look us up anywhere, the, you can find us. You can find us at Here Comes the Spider Cast. Um, follow us on facebook and twitter at uh, comic syndicate we would really love to hear what you guys think about the episode what you think about the comics we read and uh, we want to keep that conversation going so yeah please keep in touch all right okay so until next monday this is here comes the spider cast see you next time see ya